Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware. There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl. Looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal. Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Good morning. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and I'm Sarah Bignall. If you're tuning in for the first time, Yowie Central is where you'll hear the latest on Yowie Research in Australia and you get to explore the fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. And because there's all sorts of strange and mysterious phenomena going on out there, we also delve into paranormal encounters and UFO sightings, orbs, psychics, demons, spirits, because let's face it, weird is fascinating, isn't it? I'm so happy to be back with you this morning after a couple of weeks of technical issues and then feeling crook for a little bit. Big, warm, fuzzy thank you for all the lovely Get Well messages on Facebook. Definitely made me feel very special. So over the last few days, I've been learning a new audio video editing program, Adobe Audition, and it's way more complex than Audacity, the free program I was using before. So I have to give the biggest shout out to my flyboy, Jim, who spent all weekend watching tutorials and working it all out so then he could teach me how it all works. He also put up with my frequent bouts of frustration and I can't do it, whinges, without getting too impatient with me, which was no mean feat. So this is my first show using the new software and the new mic that I had to buy and hopefully it all sounds schmicko. First up today, we're heading to far north Queensland for an absolutely terrifying Yowie encounter. Darren joins us to share an encounter he had at Cannibalan Falls near Palmerston in Queensland. This encounter was so frightening, Darren genuinely thought he was going to die that day and it took him, an avid bushwalker at the time, five years to go hiking again. 
he eventually worked up the courage to confront his fears and does go hiking now, but never at night. Here's Darren. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I read your encounter. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, sounded so uh, scary. It was. It was definitely, it changed my life for sure. Um, it, yeah, there's uh, two of us, me and my best mate, and uh, we love hiking and, uh, and that sort of stuff. And I guess, um, I don't know, it was just, Yowie was just never thought of or anything. I, you know, I've, I live up here in North Queensland and camping is my second sort of nature. And since I've been left school, I've just always done camping and bushwalking and hiking and, and that sort of stuff. I never thought of them, never, you know, I've heard of them, but never, you know, never, never thought of them. And it just wasn't until this, this stupid bloody, hike that we did <laughs> that uh that it, it just uh, yeah it happened and you can't change things it, it happened it scared the absolutely bejesus out of both of us um, well, i'm not surprised so why don't you tell me why don't you tell me the whole story like from from start to finish and i'll i won't interrupt you and then i might ask you some questions after yeah, yeah yeah no you can interrupt at any time that, that's all right um it, it's certainly yeah like like i said um since school, uh, I'm 55 now, but uh, since school, I've just been hiking, bushwalking, camping, you know, every couple of weekends and just love love the outdoors up here. And uh, I have a hobby of photography. So um, that leads into just taking nature shots. I, I don't do portraits of people or anything like that. I just love doing nature and seeing the, the outdoors up here. And, and I was years and years ago uh, in the uh, involved in diving so I used to do a lot of underwater photography and then that led into doing photos of landscapes and that and so that's what sort of pushed me to doing hikes to beautiful waterfalls and there's just so many up here and I enjoy bushwalking and uh, this uh, track that we did I had to write down all the the dates and that because was it was 2011 uh that we actually did the the track myself and my mate and um three months before that um at work a lot of the people I work with at work um knew that I I do hiking and that sort of stuff and they're always asking me oh next time you do a hike can we come along and so uh, a lot of the guys at work and and uh, one wanted to do a hike, so I said, "Oh, I've, I've heard of this this hike called Cannibal and Falls." Um, a mate told me about it, and he said it's just spectacular. You end up hiking to the top of this waterfall that drops forty to fifty meters straight down into this canyon, and um, it's a decent hike. It takes around three hours each way. Um, it's not difficult um but uh you have to be fit and good level of of hiking and uh you start early and and make sure you're back sort of before light because the track is not very well maintained so i organized a big group and there was actually about 25 of us from work turned up and it's from cairns it's up on the tablelands it's up near a place called miller miller 
um, up in the Misty Mountains, and you have to diverse off quite a lot of, of uh, tracks. So you end up on a dirt track, and then you, you finally find where the, the start of the track is. And a couple of months before that, we had a big cyclone hit Innisfail called Cyclone Yassi. And uh, that was a few months before. We didn't realise that uh, it had actually done quite a lot of damage to the track. Um, so all about 20, 30 of us headed off on this track and uh, we kept going and going. And we ended up just realising that um, it was getting very, very overgrown. There was trees down. It was getting pretty pretty uh, heavy to uh, to get across and in and ended up we came across just this we call it the valley of death <laughs> it was um, it was covered in stinging trees and we had no idea and so we're just walking and all of a sudden we go what the hell's that you know all their arms and legs are, oh, no. and then, and yeah and if anyone would tell you a stinging tree stinging nettle tree uh, pain is so intense. They like it to a uh, irukandji or a box jellyfish sting. It's uh-huh. that painful. And there was 20 of us, and we're all just screaming in pain. We ended up, and uh, I work in the medical industry, so <laughs> quite a, a lot of us were all doctors and, and um, nurses, and we, we just gave away the hike and ended up getting back and Quite a few of us went to the uh, to the hospital, and the only way to get rid of the actual sting is to wax. And so, uh, all of us the next morning when we turned up to work, uh, all, we're all getting waxed. All of us, um, all our arms, our legs. The pain was was intense. It was, it was it, and it's uh, a hot and cold um, thing. If you pour um, hot water over it, it'll dull the pain. If you pour cold water over it, it's just like daggers of knives hitting you. It's a, oh, nasty. So, yeah, anyway, so sorry I got off the, the track there. but uh, <laughs> That's and fine. I can totally three, understand why that's burned into your memory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that burned in my memory, and that was that, that track, Hannibal and track. So, anyway, three months later, me and me, mate, oh, this is stupid, but we went up to Coranda, to the Coranda Amphitheatre, to watch John Butler. And we got pretty smashed, um, stayed at a uh, girl's friend's uh, house just up the road from the amphitheatre, got up the next morning, a bit worse for wear, and my mate says, oh, while we're up here, we should try and do that cannibal and track. And so we're sort of halfway there, obviously, already at Coranda. I'm saying, oh, you know, by this time it was about nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And anyway, I'm just saying, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, why not? Well, stupid us, look, if I go hiking somewhere, I have in the back of my car an already set up backpack because you have to be sort of half, you know, pretty well prepared, you know, with a bit of a medical kit and, you know, all sorts of stuff and just to make sure you're okay. Well, of course, we weren't prepared to do this hike, so I didn't have the backpack in the car. And anyway, uh, stupid us thought, well, we got halfway there last time. Uh, we got hit by the stinging trees. Let's give it another bash. So I said, oh, okay, all right. So we drive there. By the time we got there was, I don't know, maybe just around 11 o'clock in the morning. So like I said, it's about two and a half, three-hour hike. 
<laughs> all we had was a six pack of beer and and three or four bananas. <laughs> so, That's not going to last you very long, is it? <laughs> no, no. But you know, you know, we do a lot of hiking, and we thought, ah, oh, yeah, no worries, yeah, whatever. So off we go. We start hiking. It's about eleven o'clock, and so we thought, oh well, if we come back in the dark, it can't be that bad, you know. And I didn't have a big torch with me, because all that was normally in the backpack. Off we go. So we get sort of probably about a kilometre down the track and it splits off sort of in another direction to the base of the waterfall. So you can either go to the top of the waterfall or to the base. The base is a lot longer and the the track to the top is a bit shorter. So we're obviously going to go to the to the top because we're shorter. Anyway, here's a sign on the top there from National Park saying this track is under repair from damage from Cyclone Yassi. So I said to my mate, what do you reckon? And he goes, no, 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 that's all right, you know, let's give it a go. We've done worse, you know. We've gone to hikes where we've had to take the cane knife and bush knife and cut our way through and whatever, leeches. Yep, okay, so we just kept going. We had to climb over a few trees that were down and bushes and wait a while. and, And anyway, so about half an hour from the end of the hike there's a, a lot of a bit of a junction and we found the sign at this junction on the ground it had been fallen over with a tree knocked over during the cyclone it was on the ground and so it was pointing to the to the point where uh, the the top of the hike was to the waterfall so we just followed it got to the waterfall had a swim and relaxed and had a few beers and, and a banana. <laughs> and anyway, um, so by this time it was about, I don't know, three, four o'clock. And I said, mate, we better get going real quick because, you know, when, when you're in the rainforest, it gets dark very quick. So we um, started hiking back and we got to this bit of a, a fork where this sign was on the ground and we're just talking, not thinking too much, just thinking about getting back and we take the wrong turn that was the start so that was the start of the problem we took the wrong turn so we just kept walking 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 by about probably 20 minutes half an hour we're starting to walk through very tall guinea grass i said to my mate i said mate i I don't remember this bloody guinea guinea grass he's uh no 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 this is you know it's a bit can't remember this either so then I'm sort of second-guessing myself. I'm saying, where the hell did we make the wrong turn? Because we didn't realise we'd actually turned off the main track because it was fairly overgrown. In the end, I just said to him, mate, I'm not comfortable going through this because I said we both realised we we didn't go through this all this tall grass. It was really overgrown. And uh, he said, yeah. And by this time, it was maybe 4, 4.30, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, it's going to be, you know, by the time we get back, it's going to be about 7 o'clock. And I said, look, you know, I don't, I don't want to get lost in the dark and keep walking in the dark and we've got no idea where we are. I said, I'm thinking if we just head back in the direction we've gone, we're going to end up back at the waterfall. And I said, either we camp at the waterfall and we've got water and we still got some bananas and a few beers, and we just stay there the night. Admittedly, it's going to be freezing cold, but at least we knew where we were. And then in the morning, we could we had all day then to 
hike back. So that's what we did. We started heading back, and then, of course, we get to this section where we took the wrong turn, and here's a sign. And so then we worked out, okay, well, that's why we've taken the wrong turn. Do we, uh, okay, now we know where we are. Do we go back to the waterfall or do we head to the car, which was another couple of hours? And my mate said, no, I don't want to stay at the waterfall. Let's just keep hiking even though it's going to be dark. Okay, so we kept hiking. I didn't tell you on the way there we'd seen at least three pigs, wild pigs. We'd seen a cassowary, um, which has been unnerving because some of those one pig had uh, uh, little piglets with it and it uh, gave us half a charge at us and all you can do is wait, you run behind a big tree. Yeah, <laughs> they're, quite, um, they're very scary, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. And this track is very narrow, very narrow. Um, and it's just, you know, wall-to-wall trees. It's rainforest. It's very thick. So anyway, we're hiking, and I reckon we were probably within about an hour from the car. That's what I'm estimating. And I was at the front. My mate was behind me, and all of a sudden I could hear the bush up in front like moving or scratching it it sounded like something was scratching the ground very heavily like digging the ground and I stopped and I estimated probably about 20 meters away and by this time it was fairly dark Um, like you couldn't really see any sunlight at all it was very dark but you could hear it and uh, said to him I said I think that might be a bloody cassowary you know like digging in in the, the dirt in the bush and he's going oh what do we do what do we do and I said oh mate I said I don't know so anyway we sort of way you could still hear it digging digging and I said look all we can do is just bloody bolt just run just run straight past it and hopefully it'll just stay there so that's what we did we just took off and we must have run maybe 50 meters got to a point where we sort of slowed down, stopped, couldn't hear anything, and we're going, oh, okay, all right, well, that's that's good. So off we walk. And maybe about a minute later, a mate behind me says to me, I can hear something in the bush. I said, whereabouts? And he said, back behind us. And we stopped, couldn't hear anything. I said, you sure? And he said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So anyway, we kept walking. And then I heard it as well. It was like the bush moving probably 30 metres away, 40 metres away. You could hear something like going through the bush. And I thought, well, it's this bloody cassowary or pigs or – because that's what we'd seen on the track before. He was getting a bit unnerved because he was behind me. (laughs) And he's going, oh, I don't know what it is. And so we stopped. And then it had stopped. The noise had stopped. And so I said – Shit, I don't know what it is. I said, I'm sure it's a cassowary. That's all I can think it was. So we kept walking. Then I said, look, let's just walk 10 metres and then stop. So we walked another 10 metres, stopped, and then you could hear it walking through the bush and then stopping. And it was getting really unnerving to the point where my mate said to me, can I walk in front? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going, okay. (laughs) So I'm at the back there. (laughs) You're so much for a bloody mate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> but he was he was really put off by it 
And then, then something came, I, I, I had a look in the small backpack that I had with me and I had my mobile phone. And then I realised the bloody phone has a light. Now I pull my phone out and I switch on, you know, it's got one of those, like, it looks like a pen light sort of thing, but you can turn your camera on with a light. And so here we are, stupid us, walking through the rainforest and I'm holding up my mobile phone with this light. And he's walking in front of me and I'm sort of pointing it sort of in front so it's hitting him and so he can see where he's walking and then where I'm walking as well. This noise in the bush, uh, just you could tell it was getting closer and louder, closer and louder. And I'm, I said to him, mate, this thing's getting closer. And I said, I don't know. And anyway, so I grabbed this. I'm looking around with me to light and I found a big sort of branch, decent size, three, four inch branch and uh, gave it a snap. Now, I don't know whether that changed anything, but then I heard this thing just run through the bush and I'm thinking, shit, that's coming close. And I'm grabbing hold of this big bloody lump of timber. I'm thinking, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to have a swing at it, but I don't know what the hell it is. Anyway, we started walking and I'm sort of rubbernecking behind me. All of a sudden, very close. I, I could only say maybe 10, 15 metres. You could hear something coming through the leaves of the branches. It's like, and what it was, was this big, huge, big bloody rock the size of a 10-pin ball it was like a besser block that was the size of it and it's like when you just throw a rock through the trees and you know how it hits the branches yeah it's exactly the same thing you could hear it hitting the branches and all i had was my light and i'm we're just walking along and this thing you could hear it coming through the trees um through the branches and it lands within goes over the top of us and lands on the side of the track, probably about three metres from us, and it was the size of a bowling ball. And that just freaked me out because then I'm thinking there's no animal that I know of that can throw a bloody rock, you know, like that. It, it, it really unnerved me, and I'm, I'm thinking, are we chased by some bloody idiot? That's what I thought, and I'm thinking maybe there's dope growers up here and they're protecting their crop or I had no idea. I, I just I was just sort of in amazement because it happened and this rock just landed three metres from us and we were just like staring at the rock going, what the hell? And within, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds, this scream, this scream that I'll, I'll never, ever forget. It was just, I don't know, the, the only thing I can say that I, I've heard similar is like the Tasmanian devil. You hear that? and But it was like a jet engine and it was so close to us. It was, <laughs> oh shit, it was uh, maybe 10 metres away. This scream was just and we just ran for our lives. We just didn't stop running, just didn't stop running. And we got to a creek, and I remember I was absolutely stuffed, but I knew that I didn't want to look back. I didn't know what the hell it was, what was going to – I dead. We just, I just thought we were dead. And my mate Ryan, he, he, was, he was worse. Um, 
we got to the creek. We didn't normally when we get to creeks, you take your shoes off so you don't get wet shoes and get blisters, whatever. We just ran through that creek, and I was behind him. I could hear something on the track behind me. I never had the guts to look behind me. I was so scared, so scared. Um, I literally just thought if I look behind me, I could fall over because the, the track was very, you know, up and down. And I just thought oh, if I fall over, I'm dead. I, that's how close I thought I was to death. And and um, we crossed the creek and then we could hear the bush behind the other side of the creek moving. And I just said to Ryan, just keep running, keep running. We just ran and ran and ran just to the point where we were nearly throwing up. And I don't know how far we ran, maybe half a kilometre. And uh, we got to the point and I said, stop here. And we got our breath and we got back to the car. Couldn't get into the car fast enough. And and we both were just in shock. And my mate, Ryan, I, I was just more concerned about it. He was just shaking, just absolutely shaking. He was white and was shaking. And I look, I didn't realise I'd pissed my pants. I'd, I was so scared. I'd pissed my pants and ran. I've got no worry about saying that because when you when you think you're going to die, you, you just, oh, man. I, so we, we drove from the track to the uh, Atherton um, Maccas because we both needed a feed and a coffee. And the the whole road for a half an hour was covered in fog. And believe me, I was just so shit scared that something was going to jump out in front of us. I, I had no idea what the hell it was. You're listening to Yowie Central on the best little station in the nation, 94.9 Main FM. So yeah, it, it uh, totally changed everything, and and from then on, uh, like I said, I used to love hiking, and from then on, I I, I just went into a shell. Um, my mate never talked about it. We, you know, we we talk about it at work as we work colleagues, and and he wouldn't say much at all. He just said, "Oh, mate," he said, it's "the scariest night of his life," and I just said, "Yep," and. Uh, yeah, so it took, I think, nearly five years before I, I said to him, mate, we've, we've got to, you know, change us, change ourselves and, and just go out and do hikes. And Because he loves hikes just as much as I do. And I said, look, even if it's just small hikes, because I just love the bush. I love going hiking and, and seeing rainforests and seeing waterfalls. So uh, we started getting back out and he just swore to me. He said, mate, we never come back or hike in the dark and I said yeah you're right so uh, I've done lots and lots and lots of hiking since and um, we just make sure we are never or I'm never back in the dark it it just scared me so much I mean you know sure they're there in the day as well but the dark is different because uh, the dark you can't see anything you don't know what's going to happen so that's that's pretty well the the, the story, unfortunately, I well, fortunately, I've never seen it. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, then I, I went down the track of trying to think, you know, second guessing myself and what the hell was it? And I had no idea. And so then I just started doing research, and then everything I found online about 
you know, scary stuff, hiking and that sort of stuff. Everyone says that it, it has related to do with Yowies. And so then I'm thinking, shit, well, I've heard of them. I don't know much about it. Mm. So that sort of put me on the track of just looking more into it and into people's stories just to validate that we weren't stupid, we weren't mad, that it did happen. And everything from what I read is that they they do throw rocks, they scream, and it's just to wear people off of where they are or it's their territory. That's from what I believe or read. Since then, uh, doing just research into it, I've spoken to another guy that actually lives on that uh, the road that goes to the actual track in the rainforest, and he's a dairy farmer. It's all dairy farms up there. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know, I didn't want to, you know, you sound a bit stupid if you just bring it straight up. They, they just think, oh, you're a bloody idiot. But <laughs> I just said to him, I said, oh, you know, being on the Sooty's Gap Road there do you, and cattle, do you, uh, do you have any problems with your cattle, like anything going missing and that? The first thing he said to me was, are you talking about the Milan, Milan man? I said, what's the Milan man? He said, oh, everyone knows about the Milan man up there. I said, well, what is it? And he said, it's a big hairy man. I said, have you seen it? He said, no, no. But he said, I've had potty calves. He's had potty calves go missing with um, um, all the meat uh, taken off, stripped off. Um, he's found bones all around his property where they've um, killed calves. And he said he's had mates because they do have a feral, feral pig problem up there. <laughs> he's had mates that because quite a lot of young guys up here have uh, – go pigging and that sort of stuff. And so they'll, they've got pig dogs and he's got a couple of mates that have pig dogs. And he said they, uh, uh, he got them involved one weekend and they went pigging up in the rainforest there. And he said they, they came across this spot where it was like a killing area where there was just pig carcasses, pig jaws ripped apart all along the ground in this one area. And he said the dogs just wouldn't go anywhere near it. And he said it stunk like anything. It smelled putrid. Um, and it was all dead carcasses. And uh, But he said the dogs wouldn't go in there. And he said normally, you know, dogs would be turned on by it and sniffing around. But he said, and they were wary and they turned away and, and took off. And he said they couldn't believe it. And, that's that's pretty well what I know, and then there's a, a a guy up here, Lionel, and he runs um, North Queensland Yowie and Paranormal, and sort of he started things for me just researching up in this area. He he started his website or Facebook page about maybe a year ago, and since then a lot of people in this area have, have posted stuff that's happened to them. And uh, so I put my sort of uh, thing story up on there, and and yeah, and uh, I think he's he runs a very good site and does a lot of research, and he gets out there. But uh, it's just a good place where people can safely sort of put their story up there and not be ridiculed, because none of us want to sort of get out of our comfort zone and 
and be told we're bloody idiots or we're mad or we're crazy or mm. because it happened. It happened. And I think you talk to so many people that, you know, probably 99% of us, it's just happened and we never asked for it. It just happened. Yeah. And, um, and you don't, and, you don't run in terror and thinking you're going to die and pee your pants be, it, it, you know and I'm not I'm not I'm not laughing at it like you you don't lose control of your bladder unless you are so terrified yeah. that you that you're you're almost you're you're panicked and almost mindless yeah. like yeah, that's yeah, really exactly. serious I, I can understand yeah, why I, you had PTSD from that yeah I I dead set thought I was going to die I yeah. really did I like I said I just I had didn't have the guts to even try and look behind me. I was just so scared that whatever it was, this this the scream was intense and the rock and I had no idea what the hell it was. Uh, and, what what did yeah. the scream? I mean, you said the, you said you it was sort of like a, a Tassie devil, but but much bigger, much louder, like a jet engine. Yeah, was it, yeah. Was it? It a, was like a, a, deep... a growl. Okay. Um, like a growl, but. I guess t- a Tassie Devil is a very high pitch scream. This was a low pitch scream, but the scream was so loud. That's what it, it just nearly deafened us, and that's what what scared us. I mean, the the rock was what the hell is that? You know, what the hell could throw a bloody rock? You know, when where's it coming from? And then this scream was was. Uh, yeah, it, it it sounded like a bloody prehistoric monster, bloody, you know, one of them out of Jurassic Park or something. Right. That's what it, it sounded like. And I'm thinking, we just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And, and the poor mate, <laughs> he was just shaking. He was just, he just, he was petrified. He, and I yeah. think, you know, it just hit him worse. He didn't say a thing. We got to, we got the atherton. And we were just in shock. I know that. We were both in shock and we looked like two idiots in the middle of Macca's. Look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here we were <laughs> shaking like anything going, what the hell have we just gone through? And, and uh, if anything comes up on, on you know, the, the these pages, I just try and, you know, people would, that put their event through and, and write it down, I just tell them, don't be afraid and think that you're an idiot or, you know, and that you're alone because I went through probably five years thinking I was stupid. I was an idiot. I, I couldn't work out what the hell it was. And, and I went into a shell and. Yeah. You poor thing. That that would have been really awful. I'm so glad you've, even though it took five years, I'm so glad you, you worked up the courage to, to go back out hiking and, and, and now can because it's a real shame that you, you were so frightened. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think, Time takes, you know, takes it away and, and heals it a bit and dulls the the senses a bit and you think, oh, what if it's going to happen again? But then we just started doing small hikes, just the areas where other people were going to be on the track and we'd see other people. And, and then after just doing more and more research, I just worked out that there's very few people that have these incidents. It's, it's you know, it, it's one in I don't know how many you know, hundreds of thousands of people hiking that uh, that happen, but it does happen. And, and uh, so then I, I knew that I wasn't crazy and uh, that I think I just said to myself, what happened was just whether we scared it, whether, you know, uh, and the other thing I, I thought to myself afterwards and I thought, I said to my mate, 
how many people would be doing that track at night time? No one. No one would be doing that track at night time. Everyone does it during the day for safety so you don't get lost. I said, here's two stupid idiots plodding along there that did get lost. And we were walking along there in the dark. All I had was this little pen light from a phone. And uh, it's probably, uh, you know, never seen a person there at night time. And uh, we wander along and it's probably gone, get the hell out of my area. And so the best thing it can do is chuck a rock and scream. Yeah. Um, and I still think, look, if it, if it w- wanted to kill us, it could have easily, easily. From what, you know, I've read the size of these things and how fast they manoeuvre and run, it could easily have killed both of us easily. So I think it, it, it was just a warning that we'd come across there at night time. It didn't normally see people along there at night time. And um, there you go. That, that's that's – that's my story. And uh, um, and how do you yeah. feel, like, when you go out hiking now, you, how do you feel? Are you are you on edge? I, yes, yes. I, I am – because I've been through it and I know what's there. See, 99% of the people that go hiking just go hiking like I used to and not know about these things, not ever thinking about these things and probably the most – worrying thing you're worried about when you're hiking is snakes that's what you're sort of looking for um and now everywhere i go i'm looking for trees that are snapped looking for x's marked um listening for odd noises um strange smells that's the other thing uh, a lot of people say oh there was a strange smell we never smelled anything um, anything strange, but uh, um, I'm, we're constantly looking, listening, yeah. But nothing's ever happened since. So, and I've done some pretty big hikes. I've been back to that spot again um, just to get over my own fears. I told a, a friend and uh, she said, oh, she's pretty inquisitive about it and she said, I want to do that track, I want to do that track. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, jeez. Oh. don't think she really gets Yeah, but she was inquisitive because I told her the story and I don't tell many people because I don't, I'm not blasé about it. It happened and, and that's it. But I told her because she likes hiking. She said, I want to do it. So we did it and um, nothing happened. Didn't We seen some strange trees that have been knocked over and snapped and stuff. There's nothing you could say that's definitely – um, you know, it, uh, but uh, I can't change the fact it happened. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's changed me for my, my whole world um, since then. So now I'm just prepared, just wary, um, and I've just got to the point where I, I just said it can't, it can't take over my life. I've got to get back and enjoying life. And so now I'm, I'm back out there hiking and really enjoying it, taking photos of waterfalls and living life. And uh, I just think, well, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Um, and that's what I say to myself. Hopefully it won't. <laughs> hopefully so, it won't. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you feel about them. But if, if it's going to be just as scary, then hopefully it doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny enough, only two days ago I was reading on uh, – 
Lionel's um, Yowie page up here, a father and daughter did that track, Cannibalan Falls track, last weekend. And he said they got to a point and around the corner they heard a growl noise and he, he stopped and he said to his daughter, did you hear that? And they said, yes. And they walked only a couple more metres and around the corner was a louder growl. And he said he'd, um, he'd hiked all over the place up here in North Queensland and never heard anything like it. He said there was a deep growl, and he said they both took off and, and went back to the car. Isn't that interesting? And that was on that – yeah, that, and that's on the website. Um, only uh, two days ago, he, this guy put it up, and I told him – I said – I just mentioned it in, after what he'd written down. I said, don't feel stupid about it, and uh, I said – I told him about my encounter up there. And, uh, yeah, he was very appreciative that uh, – he thought he was a bit. He said it wasn't a dog, it wasn't a pig. He said uh, this growl was was intense, and it just scared both of them. And he said they just took off. And he said his daughter was about twenty years old, so she wasn't a young young girl, and she she knew um, they were both in a bit of trouble if they went further. So uh, Very that was on the same track. Yeah, that's so, that's so uh, interesting. And so was Lionel going to go and check the track out? I think he's been there once before. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's the one that really gets out there at night time and that sort of stuff. Good luck to him. I'm not getting out. I've, <laughs> he's asked me to come along quite a few times and I said, mate, I'll come along during the day. But I said, until you've had something like what I've had, um, an encounter at night time, you don't want to be there. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, um, maybe you need to get one of the, um, one of the thermal cameras that, that the AYR team has. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe he's bought one. So, oh, okay, uh, cool. And I did see, like, look, what also scares me is like the AYR team, you know, what they recorded and seen. The size of that thing. <laughs> it's massive. The, the size was, of it. That was not nine, ten foot, like ten foot tall. Ten uh, foot and, you know, there's no way to disbelieve it. You know, people are saying, oh, you know, it's another lot of campers that have tried to set up. and say, Come no. on, these guys were out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And and Camp. also I, I work very closely and have been for a couple of years with those guys. I trust them implicitly. There's yes. no way that they would falsify anything, hoax anything yes. uh, at all. Like I, I, I know them really well. So what yes. you saw on that thermal camera was really there. And it was it was one of those creatures, and they're they're massive. Yeah, and yeah. silent um, when they want to be. And silent, yes, yes. And and what also sort of get over my fears a little bit was here's these guys, and what's his name was a Buck, the guy that was near yep. it, or or, Buck, or whatever. Buck Buckingham. He, yep. He was, I think, he said about twenty meters away. Yeah. And here's this thing that's ten foot tall, twenty meters away. If this thing wanted to get him. It could have gone him, bang, like that. Yeah. Easily, easily. But they just sort of, he said there was two of them and they just turned and walked away. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, that that's why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I, all I did was just scare this thing. That's all, that's all I did. That's what I think I, I did. Um, yeah. And it just wasn't used to seeing people on the track at night time. And it just scared them, scared us away. Yeah. And 
Yeah. If so, I wanted to get you, it would have gotten you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I think to myself now. And so that's relay, relieved my fears quite a lot more, even though I'm, I, I will make sure I'm not going to be hiking at night. Um, like I go camping and we go remote camping at night, um, but uh, we're camping. We're not bushwalking. Um but I've never had any anything seriously go wrong camping at all. No problems. Um, Good. Let's, so, let's hope. Uh, let's let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> I hope that uh, helps with some other people that may have been hiking and come across, you know, something similar. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Darren. I, I really I appreciate know. you sharing that with with me and and with the Yowie Central listeners too. I will. Um, because that's it's so important that that there are people out there like me and like AYR and like Lionel too. So you, you've got people can can uh, share these terrifying experiences and know that and be reassured that they're not crazy. Uh, that yeah. They're, they're, yeah. There is that they are out there. They're definitely they out are there. out there. Yeah. 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 It's 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 very remote that you're ever going to find one or hear one or come across one. Yeah. But they are there. Yeah. And uh, I think like I think I told you, I think 99 percent of us um, will never see one. I think it's just pure accident that we do. Yeah, you know a lot of a lot of people just say, "Oh, I was just driving along," and and here's another thing on the AYR website I've found since there was a couple, an older couple with their granddaughter driving on that road to the to that track, only fifteen kilometres away, uh-huh. and they um, were driving along. I think they were in their seventies, and the husband said, "What the hell's that?" And this this ape-like figure just jumped up from the side of the 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 road and walked across or just hop they called it hop skipped and jumped across the road in front of them and it's only about 30 meters away and the wife seen it the granddaughter seen it and they're all going what the hell is that and it was just this big hairy figure and went straight across into the bush and gone and that's on on the uh, AYR website yep. the, um, it's uh it's something near I think it's called Miller Miller. Um, yeah, so there's obviously one up there, or I don't think one. There's probably a family or a few. I don't think there's probably one. But uh, I interviewed someone for AYR uh, up in the Atherton region as well. It sounds like it's an active area. It's you know they're definitely up there. Look, there's so much untouched rainforest up here, and that's why bushwalking is very very popular. And I think it's it's become more and more popular since COVID. Obviously, we're very lucky up in this area. We we've only been locked out or locked down a few times, but relatively uh, very light. And so a lot of us up here, obviously, we can't travel interstate, but a lot of people have gone camping and bushwalking has just become the new thing to do up here because you can't travel. Yeah, I mean, you can't do anything um, else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I talk to all my mates and they're all just saying every cattle station, every campsite is just fully booked for months up here. Yeah, right. Because because people are just buying camper trailers, caravans and doing the outdoors thing because they can't travel interstate or they can't travel overseas. And so 
Um, uh, same down here. My partner and I have uh, been looking for a um, a camping trailer because we're a bit sick and tired of yeah. putting, you know, setting the tent up and pulling it down again. And yeah. you can't get a new one for until you know mid next year, something like that. The the ones that want the one that we want. Um, yes. The waiting yes. list. Everyone's gone out and bought camper trailers and caravans, and yes, you can't buy them at the moment. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe, um, you know, there might be more and more people that, that might come across something. Who knows? But uh, it's definitely become more of an outdoors area up here now because because of COVID. I wonder so, how that's um, going to impact on our hairy friends, how... I wonder what I wonder what they're thinking of it. Oh, well, where are all these yeah. people coming from? <laughs> Yeah, I do know. I've I've read a bit online uh, on uh, Lionel's page. There's a popular camping spot up near Mariba. Uh, it's called Davies Creek, um, and a lot of people from Cairns go camping up there. And it's a big waterfall, and there's campsites. It's run by the national park, but you know you have to drive probably 20 minutes in there, and and it's beautiful. But they're, they're all private campsites in the bush along Davies Creek and the waterfall and that sort of stuff. And I've read quite a few times where people have just been spooked out by stuff up there. And I think it might be, could be, maybe uh, Yowie's coming down just looking and watching and, and seeing people because that's what I read um, overseas with the, the Bigfoot over there is there's a lot more encounters around campsites where pe- people say that these um, Bigfoot sort of come in and just sit there and are inquisitive and watch people at night time. That could be another thing that, that might happen up here. Yeah. People just don't realise it yeah. um, because they just blend into the bush. That, that's what they do. They hide behind trees, they, they sneak behind wood and do the old peekaboo. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. Mm. Well, Darren, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing That's that. Right. Lovely. Thank, thanks very much, mate. I um, appreciate talking to you and taking the time. And uh, you're the first person I've ever sort of basically told as part of, you know, a, a show or anything like that. I've, I've just put something up on Lionel's page only because it's up here, but you're the first person I've told oh. outside that. So uh, I hope, uh, hope it goes well. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And if anything else happens, give me a call. Now you've got my number. Oh, let me know. Yeah. That was Darren from far north Queensland and his Yowie encounter. How terrifying was that? I would have paid my pants too. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't forget, if you've had any strange, mysterious experiences and you'd like to come on the show and share your story with the Yowie Central listeners, let me know via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. I'd love to hear your stories and I promise I won't think you're crazy. Next up, I have something unusual. Yes, even more unusual than Yowie's. Something a little creepy. Once I was convinced that Yowies were real creatures and not a myth, I started thinking, well, if they're real and definitely out there, what else is out there? Are there other cryptid creatures existing alongside us, beings that we've been told are just mythological creatures or figments of overactive imaginations or old wives' tales to deter children from straying too far from home? The next report I'm going to read to you was sent to Australian Yowie Research from a witness who lived on a dairy farm when he was a teenager near Esk and Tagulwa in Queensland, just northeast of Brisbane. The creature he describes seeing was not a Yowie and not a human being. It was a very odd-looking being. He drew a sketch of it, which I'll post after the show on Facebook. Here's the story. This is not about Yowies, but something else. I'm curious, if you guys are Yowie hunters and go out into the bush a lot, have you ever come across things that look like little people but are not human at the same time? I saw something a few times when I was a teenager on this dairy farm that was by Crestbrook Creek on Biara Road near hills and mountains behind Esk and Tagulwa, Queensland. I can't find any other reports of it, but my brother saw it too. Not as close as I did one night though. It's the only weird thing I've seen so close in my life. So I know what I saw was real, I wasn't intoxicated or anything, and I wasn't tired or sleepy. I had felt its presence before, and I'd seen glimpses of it deep in the thickly vegetated part of the creek, and often around the hills and the gully behind the farmhouse. I knew sometimes it followed me on my bushwalks, but it never got to hurt me. Once or twice it chased me when I was in the bush or in the creek, but in saying that, it was smaller and could have been scared of me. This thing was obviously smart because it knew not to come too close when you were aware of it and we had two little dogs and a cat 
that it could easily have killed and eaten, but it never did. Anyway, one night I saw it up close and I got a whole description of what it really looked like rather than just glimpses in the bushland or in the distance at night. Our house's kitchen had a window that opened up to the grass in the front yard below and to the right a built undercover area where our little dogs would sleep. We would sometimes throw kitchen scraps against our mother's wish out the kitchen window knowing the dogs might eat it. But they didn't always eat everything and being a lazy teenager and my older brother, lazy young man, we kept throwing scraps and sometimes they built up under the kitchen window. Anyway, one night after dinner, and of course throwing out scraps, I went to start on the dishes as it was my turn. I heard a sound and I walked to the sink where the kitchen window was and I saw this creature knelt down eating something off the ground. Obviously the scraps we threw out. I froze in fear and disbelief. I closed my eyes and reopened as it was like I wasn't still computing what I was seeing. The creature was still kneeling down, eating some scraps, I think until I gasped, realising it wasn't a hallucination that I was really seeing something I'd never seen before. It turned its humanoid head and what looked like shock, and that turned into an aggressive look. I screamed, then the dogs came to bark as it turned. I turned as well and ran into the lounge room to where my older brothers were. The dogs went nuts. My brothers went outside to check in case it wasn't somebody trying to steal stuff. But I told them what I saw wasn't human. My second older brother told our oldest brother that I think I know what he saw because he had seen it himself a few times. It was grey or very pale in colour but still with some pink in its skin and its veins protruded out of its skin as it looked undernourished, like similar to a human but not human. Its eyes looked like a dark yellow from what I could make out, and it was mostly hairless except for strands of hair on its large head. It had a face like an ugly, sick old woman, but inhuman enough not to be human. There was also something else weird on its skin. I couldn't make out if they were sores or scales. The closest thing I can find in appearance is a goblin or, as silly as this may sound, Gollum of Lord of the Rings, except it was really more proportioned like it was the size of a six or seven-year-old but a skinny, lanky six or seven-year-old. I know it's real but I can't find other accounts from other people. I know in some paintings there are pictures of little white people, but that seems the only thing I could think of. Have you ever heard or come across these things? I did a quick sketch, how I saw it when it turned its head from the kitchen window. It's been a long time since then, though, so it's hard to get a full detail. Also, I thought this might give you some ideas. The local creek system is Cresbrook. I've studied the creek system that follows up the mountains and goes through Diongwa Forest and Ravensbourne National Park, which is between Toowoomba and Esk. I thought possibly it could come from there, 
And I've, I've heard weird stories about that area. And I've also had a few weird experiences on the way to Toowoomba for shopping. But from what I've heard and seen, a lot of stuff happens north of Toowoomba between Kingaroy, Bunya Mountains and Black Range down to Esk in those hills and mountains around there. I was thinking, if this thing comes from somewhere, maybe it's Diongwa Forest, but not really a place people bushwalk or go camping. There are no trails that I'm aware of, like in Ravensbourne, and the creek system runs through that. To me, it would make sense that this thing would stay near a food source. There's no doubt in my mind that that thing was real. I can find things that look similar in Europe or America, but not here. What did you think of that? A goblin-like creature that looks something like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Was it one of those creatures that are sometimes called a rake? Let me know what you think it is. I have no idea. Um, And let me know if you've seen one of these beings. That's it for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next week. Same time, same place on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.